Welcome to God is Open. We are doing an addendum to our last video concerning Deuteronomy 31. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Hopefully this could be pretty quick. I don't know if it's going to go pretty quick though, but uh, we're going to go ahead and share on the screen Deuteronomy 31 because there, there were some things happening in the comments and um, I did come to a realization about something in the text that we should definitely consider. Why are things worded the way that they are? That's, that's one of our prime considerations when reading the Bible. Why did they decide to include some text and not other text? And so remember, in, in our previous video, Jonathan Singleton had claimed that uh, Deuteronomy 31 proved exhaustive foreknowledge of all future events, probably classical omniscience, ungenerated, unfalsifiable, non-discursive uh, knowledge of all things in this timeless eternity that's non-dependent, that type of omniscience. Because God said that he knows these people are going to do uh, certain things. Uh, even in his own comment section of his video, non-open theists were pointing out the text says how God knows what he knows in this passage. And it's not this uh, uh, divine omniscience that's not what's being appealed to, but that's that's not quite what I want to talk about tonight. There, there is a facet that of that. Uh, this guy called God Saved Me says, wouldn't the old open theists simply stay, say that God knew the character and the intentions of the people, thus knew how they'd respond? And what he's doing is he's quoting, he's quoting uh, Deuteronomy 30, uh, 31, 21. And this is what it reads. And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall comfort them as a witness for a live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. For I know what they are inclined to do even today before I have brought them into the land that I swore to give. And so the context tells us how God knows. And it's, it doesn't appeal to this uh, divine omniscience. It's unfalsifiable. Um, exhaustively of all future events. That, that's that's not what it appeals to. And his own guys are are pointing that out. And so he responds um, to this guy. This is not our main point of the video, but uh, he says, if God could state with absolute certainty the future free will of actions of human beings in any, any given circumstance, open theism is false. That's that's a very speculative claim. I don't buy that. If present knowledge of God is accurate and a sure indicator of future free will actions, and God can be 100% sure of future free will action due to present circumstances, observable through human beings and open theism is false. Again, in any, any instance of God learning or acquiring or having dependent knowledge or even making decisions means open theism is true. So this is actually false, what he's stating. The people of Israel developing an inclination for wanting to serve false gods would not imply a certainty of the future actions under open theism. People apparently change their minds quickly and unpredictably enough for God to be surprised under their worldview. It's it's not like people are totally unpredictable. So that's that's not a general claim about humanity. People generally are predictable in mass, in circumstances. And the text actually states how God knows what he knows. But we're here to consider tonight. Oh, here's what I respond. Um, God's making general non-time <laughs> God's making general non-time delimited claims about unspecific future groups of people that doesn't make for good evidence for eternal divine foreknowledge, exhaustive divine foreknowledge. 
And I and then I pointed out the Exodus passage. He didn't respond to me. He's responding to Duffy and other comments, but not me. But um, so let's think about this. Why would the writer of Deuteronomy include why why God knows these things? It, is is he trying to ward off people who say, "Oh, this is faded. How how can God know these things about the future?" Uh, a lot of times the Bible preemptively preemptively answers objections to possible counterclaims and criticism. If you're looking and reading uh, Romans 9, for example, Paul does this, where he he, he inserts a hypothetical interlocutor who uh, has objections to the things he's saying, and then he preemptively answers that. So what's this doing in here? The the author of Deuteronomy could have just skipped this. Even if God said that, it's not like every single word God has ever said is put in the Bible. What What's it doing here? Why, why is it that the author of Deuteronomy is explaining to the audience what how God knows the things he knows? Could it be that he's trying to tell these people that God can see the intentions of people's hearts and those people should change? Could it be a warning to Israel to change their ways? Could it be telling them that this is not fated, that God's not looking into a crystal ball of something that is unavoidable and this is based on God's present knowledge? That's what actually looks like is happening. The author is trying to tell the audience, give them a plausible reason how God can know these things about the future. And remember, the author in this passage is writing after the fact. These things have happened by the time Deuteronomy is written. Even whoever, whoever you think wrote Deuteronomy, these things have happened by that time that Deuteronomy is written. So it's after the fact. And so it's reaching back to a prior time, telling people how God knew what they were going to do before they did it for an event that's already occurred, telling them, giving them rational reasons why they they should know that God knew these things about them. And so that's actually pretty critical. Why is the author including this text? And if it is to tell people, to explicitly explain how these things were known, uh, that that's 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 the death knell for classical theism. Because it's it's not classical theism. The answer is not God has some sort of crystal ball in a timeless eternity. Can I get a dis? Uh, Zach writes, "Can I get a discount on your book?" Um, it's for free if you go to academia.edu and type in "God is open." Uh, you just download a free PDF copy, and uh, I go through in my book the Exodus example that we covered the previous day, our, our in our previous podcast, and so I I definitely go. Pull that down and read through Exodus 3 and 4, and then Exodus 32. But that, that talks a lot about what we were talking about the other day, how God is thwarted and he's frustrated and he has to change plans as things occur. But back to De- Deuteronomy 31, why is this text included? It is to tell the people and to explain to them how God knew these things. These people were not classical theists. They didn't have any idea of omniscience. He's giving them a plausible reason why they should believe that God actually did know these things about these people before those people occurred. This is the explanation. There's not some secret other system behind it in the shadows that's lurking there that he secretly believes that he's not telling the people about 
this is the explanatory verse for these people. You'll see this throughout the Bible when they talk about omniscience, when they talk about how God knows what he knows, that they'll give mechanisms. Oh, God's watching you. God knows what you're doing because he sees what you're doing. Oh, God knows what these people are going to do because he knows who they are. God knows that Israel, in Genesis uh, 18, that uh, Israel will be true to him because he knows that Abraham will train his sons after him to be godly. The mechanism is given in the verse. Why is that? Because they're explaining how God operates, how God sees, how God relates to them. This, this is a purposeful explanation that's not to be discarded. Anyways, that's what I wanted to talk about today. The reason words are included, that they're not superfluous. They, we, we just don't throw them in the trash. They're included for a reason to a particular audience to tell them something of value. The author is telling the people how God knows what he knows so that these people could understand the mind of God, to understand God's relationality, to understand who God is and how God operates, and to give them plausibility of how God actually knew these things before they came to pass. Again, classical theism was not in their theological uh, playbook. They didn't have access to eternal, exhaustive, divine foreknowledge of all events. It's just not even a theological category. And so these explanations are necessary because the alternative doesn't exist. Anyways, that's what I wanted to talk about uh, today. Uh, any questions, comments, put that down below. Thank you for watching.